The Start On Demand. On demand. Premier Brian Pallister calls on non-essential public sector workers to look at taking a reduced work week to help those on the front line. Why one professor says this is gaslighting. No new COVID-19 cases in Manitoba on Tuesday. That's the second time in four days where we had no cases. What are we to make of this? And if you could be any movie character, who would you be? Because Mackling, McGarry and McNabb were transformed into the dude... Indiana Jones, and Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Wednesday, April 15th podcast for The Start. We're opening with different music. I know we usually open with Judas by Fozzie, which of course is Chris Jericho's band, because Jericho is a proud Winnipegger, but... I'm sitting on my couch yesterday and I get tagged in this tweet from our friend Will from Mathopoly and he has clearly more time on his hands than he probably would like because he decided to transform Greg Mackling into a movie character, me into a movie character, and Loren McNabb into a movie character. Greg, what was your reaction when you saw that you had become the dude? I couldn't get over it. I loved it. I thought it was something else, super special, and I've been in trouble for sharing this story in the past, but I love Jeff Bridges. In fact, I saw Bo Bridges at the bar in Vancouver once upon a time, went up to him, too much Crown Royal, and asked him, aren't you Bo Bridges? He says, yes, I am. I said, I got to tell you, your brother is an amazing actor. Oh, God. Oh, no. That's so mean. Oh, yes. I know it was terrible. <laughs> How did he react to that? I don't know. I didn't stick around to find out. <laughs> God. So, yes, I love Jeff Bridges. So it was absolutely perfect in my mind. Yeah. And in case you're wondering who the dude is, here's a, an audio reminder. Well, Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Now, McNabb, I'm curious to get your reaction on what you became, and I'll play the clip here first to set it up. Before the sun sets on her 16th birthday... Now, you look cool in the picture, but what was your reaction when you saw that you had become the mistress of evil, Maleficent? To be honest, my first thought was, wow, those are some sweet cheekbones. (laughs) And then I thought, who is this? And I felt like I do not want to publicly put on Twitter. And so I asked you guys privately in our group chat, is this Maleficent? Because I have not seen this movie and I'm pretty sure she's evil. But, you know, I'll take those cheekbones. Yeah, she's like a misunderstood kind of evil. uh, She was actually portrayed as a hero in the first one, although I I haven't seen the second one, which is called Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. And the reason why we played Indiana Jones music is because I became... Indiana Jones. Those people are trying to kill us. I know, Dad. It's a new experience for me. Happens to me all the time. 
So if you want to see these pictures, I've put it up on our 680 CJOB Instagram. You can also find it on our 680 CJOB Twitter. And it's going to lead to the question and how we're going to give away our Skip the Dishes $50 gift card today. We, we've been doing trivia over the phone, but today we've decided it's been a while since we've done a contest on text. So what we would like to do is ask you to tell us which movie character would you be and why? And just text it to us, 204-780-6868. It's not, there's no race. We'll, we'll pick a winner by the end of the show. Uh, so you have up until shortly before 10 o'clock to get in on that. And then we will continue this conversation at 645. And I'm excited to find out Kelly sent me a good one. So I can't wait. I just grabbed the audio and it gave me chills. So we'll share that at 645. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Keep those texts coming at 204-780-6868. Which movie character would you be and why? We will pick a winner by 10 a.m. for a $50 gift card for Skip the Dishes. Text message from Parrish, who says he would be the character you became, Greg. The big, Le- the dude from The Big Lebowski, because he says that's basically how we're all living our lives right now anyway in quarantine. <laughs> so keep that feedback coming at 204-780-6868. We'll share it throughout the show and pick a winner by 10 a.m. Manitoba reported no new cases of COVID-19 yesterday, meaning the total in our province remains at 246, Greg. Yeah, but as we were sharing with you at 6.15, some have been questioning whether or not more testing is needed. Cynthia Carr is a Winnipeg epidemiologist with Epi Research. She's joined us on our program several times over the past few days to help analyze what the latest numbers mean. Welcome back, Cynthia. Good morning and thank you. We appreciate this as always. So no new cases. Uh, That's the second time in three days, if my Mm -hmm. mathematics are correct. Mm -hmm. Is it too early to say we flatten the curve? It's probably too early to make that kind of comment. In epidemiology, we are always looking at um, being a little bit careful about making comments about kind of short-term data points because when we know we look at time trends, things can go up and down a little bit. But it's absolutely positive news that we're doing what we should do. And I'm sure it was tough for a lot of us over Easter, but, you know, we did what we were told because it matters and we are seeing a difference. So with that, Cynthia, there's always questions about um, how much testing we were doing. We were playing some audio in our last hour about, you know, looking west, what Alberta is doing and how they've expanded some testing there. And it seems, seems to come up daily. Should we be doing more? What's your response to that? Well, um, we always have to look at what do we have for resources in terms of the actual test, the actual staff to take um, the um, test on the front end, and then, of course, the lab capacity to analyze the test. But absolutely, um, when we look at um, good resource allocation, testing and testing early is one of the key um, impacts in terms of managing uh, spread because, obviously, we're learning more and more, particularly with this virus. It's a tricky one that can be in our body for you know, 10, 14 days before we even know we have it, and many of us don't get ill at all. So that's lots of opportunity to spread it. So uh, we talked a little bit uh, last week about uh, what we can learn from other areas um, where testing was implemented very early. So as we talked about last week, you know, we talk about Italy a lot and, you know, the very poor health outcomes there, but 
we have to look further at what we can learn from there. And, you know, there's the two health regions in Italy, one, the wealthier region where Milan is the capital. They're the region where they actually have an 18% mortality rate. Uh, and then there's the other region of Veneto where Venice is the capital, and they have a 5% mortality rate, much fewer cases, obviously much fewer deaths. And actually, that's the region with less money. So the fancy region of Lombardy had decided to invest lots and lots of money in fancy hospitals, and it all looked really great, and it is really great if you need a fancy hospital. But the cost of that was that they didn't have the money to invest in public health. And and that area sort of got decimated. So on the same day, both regions underwent a lockdown, February 22nd, where they had their social distancing, very strict rules. But on that day as well, Veneto, the one with the much lower case rate and mortality rate, immediately started contact tracing and testing because that's where they had invested in public health capacity. And the other richer region with the fancy hospitals didn't have those resources, ironically enough, did not start that right away. And their outcome is much, much worse. So absolutely, um, the investment in testing uh, and contact tracing as early as possible has been shown to make an absolute difference, even in regions that are right beside each other. 900 Canadians have died from COVID. As predicted, it's hit the elderly particularly hard, mm-hmm. with many long-term care facilities in Ontario, BC, Quebec, losing several people to the virus. What lessons do we need to learn from this here in Manitoba? Yeah, so this is a really important um, lesson for all of us uh, to be aware of. You know, it's it's mostly with these kinds of outbreaks, it's every year with the seasonal flu, it's our elders and most vulnerable that are at highest risk. H1N1 was kind of the anomaly where 80% of deaths were actually under the age of 65 and seniors somehow seem to have developed a better immunity to that, but that is typically not the case. Um, so we are seeing that, you know, just like... Um, in other situations where overcrowded conditions lead to the worst case outcomes, our long-term care facilities are unfortunately the perfect storm um, for poor outcomes. Many um, people that are vulnerable that may have other health conditions living together, um, you know, kind of enclosed in environments. Um, so there's the threat for spread. And then with that, Um, there's a couple of things to learn from. One is we didn't really learn our lesson from SARS, where to your question about testing, that happened early and right away in our long-term care facilities. With SARS, we also had protective equipment and training for our long-term care staff, just like in acute care. This time, long-term care does not seem to have had allocated the same resources and we know they've been limited. We've been talking about that. But long-term care has been hit even harder. So, you know, we've got a situation where we've got vulnerable people living in crowded, more crowded conditions, lack of testing, and what we've learned from other situations and learned from, you know, some of the terrible outcomes that we've seen in Quebec is that when you have staff that are already low-paid, they might not feel empowered, um, that's already kind of got your system at a tipping point where it can quickly go over to the edge to a bad situation. So what we learned from one of the nursing homes was 
although in an investigation last year the clinical care was fine, two of the findings were, were that they needed a policy to combat mistreatment, and the other was that improved communication was needed. And when we hear about communication, we might think, well, that can't be really a threat. But in fact, from my own experience, looking at our Accreditation Canada surveys in our acute care facilities, when we correlated our patient safety surveys, our work-life surveys, which talked about staff morale, staff training, staff communication, when we looked at that and correlated to our patient satisfaction surveys that were also occurring at the same time, those facilities that had the highest risk to patient safety, the most red flags, they also had the worst communication, the lowest staff morale, and the lowest patient and family satisfaction. So you can see that the lack of communication and investment in staff who may be working at lower paid jobs and feeling vulnerable themselves that really matters in a situation like this because in fairness they have a right to protect themselves so if they don't feel safe they don't feel heard they don't feel that they're working as part of a team when they are now in a situation where it's at higher risk to themselves they can just stop coming to work. And the more absent the staff are and the more shut down the facility is so that family can't come in and visit, the more high risk that population becomes. Cynthia Carr is a Winnipeg epidemiologist with Epi Research, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Cynthia, thank you so much for the time. Pleasure. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Right now we're having a conversation that could lead to you getting a $50 gift card for Skip the Dishes. We're asking you to text us which movie character would you be and why. Make sure you include your name as well, 204-780-6868. And if you want to see the inspiration for this conversation, you can go to 680CJOB's Instagram or Twitter at 680CJOB because our friend Will Penner from Mathopoly decided to morph our faces into the faces of the dude from The Big Lebowski. That's Mackling. I became Indiana Jones, and Loren McNabb is Maleficent. So they look, they actually look really cool. So we wanted to know which movie character would you be and why. So Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Braun is here. Jeff Fortier. And Jeff Fortier, why don't we start with you, pal? Oh, mine is just fun. Uh, that's, that's all it is. Here he is. Were you scared? Tell me honestly. I was close to being scared that time. Oh, I'm going for fearsome here, but I just don't feel it. I think I'm just coming off as annoying. <laughs> that is so me. Uh, you the know? Di- like, is that the, the dinosaur? The dinosaur, Rex, from Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he wants to be fierce, but he's just not. He's just he's a lovable sweetheart. That's who he is. Aww. That's, that's kind and of he also has himself. little hands. Well, that too. Well, my, my, my mom calls my dad T-Rex because uh, she says his arms aren't long enough to reach to his pocket to grab his wallet. So <laughs> Really? Yeah. <laughs> Subtle dig there. Oh, I, have a, I have a buddy who uh, walks around like a T-Rex usually after he's had too much to drink. Yes. <laughs> That's always the best. His arms come up like that. Uh, McNabb, what, you sent me a couple of clips here. I wasn't able to get uh, grab one, which was uh, profanity-laden. And, and Sorry about that. I didn't have time to cut it down. But you sent me another one here. Should I play it or do you want to set it up? Nah, just play it. Get out of the way, John. 
Oh boy, one of the most badass characters in movie history. Who was that, Loren? Well, that's Sarah Connor from Terminator, and that scene where she has the one-arm shotgun move, where she pumps it and shoots and pumps it and shoots, is uh, pretty awesome. And I don't want to say that I see myself as someone walking into a room like that. That's not what I'm getting at. I just, like, that fear, she's fierce there. Her determination to kill him is... I love it. That one-arm move is sweet. Well, it's still one of the coolest things, I think, ever. One of the coolest scenes in film history when she's pumping that shotgun with the one arm. Uh, Kudos to her. And good pick. That's a great pick. Now I want to watch T2. Kelly, you sent me a good one. Should I play it or would you like to introduce? Well, I just want to say, Brett, that uh, maybe Loren won't say that she'd walk into a room pumping lead, but I will. (laughs) And now on that note, please play my clip. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh, I tell you, he and I are both close to being the same age, but he is just so much cooler than I am. So that's and 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 if I had to be him in a second movie, Love Actually would be the would be the one too. Oh, okay. When you sent me because you, you sent me an email saying you'd like to be Liam Neeson, and I thought I know he likes Love Actually, but I really hope he's going for Brian Mills here. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. You hit it right on the head, uh, Hitman. That was uh, absolutely perfect clip too. Okay, that's a great one. Huh? That, that, now I got to watch that movie too. I'm adding my, to my list of uh, movies to watch in isolation. Jeff Braun, co-host of The Couch Potatoes, were you jealous that Macklin got transformed into the Big Lebowski? No, because the Big Lebowski spends the whole movie worrying about paying his rent, and people are trying to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson's daughter gets kidnapped. Why you would want to be him is beyond me. And then to tell the truth. I couldn't even come up with an answer to this question because all I kept thinking about was what hardship each character went through. I thought, oh, maybe Han Solo would be cool. No, his son murders him in The Force Awakens. Even, okay, so what's more benign than that? How about Forrest Gump? He seems to take everything with a grain of salt. He seems to enjoy his life, but his best friend, his mom, and his wife all die in the span of two and a half hours, so that's no good either. And I just couldn't come up with anything. I, I was like Bruce Willis and Die Hard, but he spends the whole movie getting punched and kicked and walking in broken glass. So, no, it's a it's a nightmare. I applaud all you people that can come up with an answer to this because I couldn't think of anything. But this you, this was far better, Jeff. This was far better. It, you gave us some a, a window into your mind as to how it works. Mackley, how about you? Well, Jeff, were you able to uh, get a clip here of a uh, man that women? want to be with and men want to be? I believe so. Here, I'll play it. Let me give you the ABCs of me. I don't take meetings. I set them. And my respect isn't demanded. It's earned. That's only two things. What's C? C is for people who show me they know A and B. 
That is Harvey Specter from Suits. He's so audacious. I wish I could be as audacious as him. I wish I had the cars, access to the cars he has, the money that he has, and the ability to be insanely good at his job. I know I went a little bit off the page by going to Suits there. But yeah, Harvey Specter is uh, one of my favorite characters of all time. And I, oh, I would love to be not just like him. I would be him if I could and if I was single. Now, just for the content, for the purposes of the contest, let's keep it to movie characters. Which movie character would you be? But that's a great clip, and now I want to watch that show as well. Uh, for me, I always wanted to be this character. Neo in the Matrix, because when he's in the Matrix, he can fly and he's super strong and he can stop bullets and he knows Kung Fu and he can do basically anything he wants. But seeing how dashing and hunky I look as Indiana Jones in that picture, I kind of thought about it like, well, he's a globetrotting adventurer. All the girls like him. He uh, gets to see and do cool things. He saves the world repeatedly. Uh, that's okay. I think that's a win. I think Indiana Jones is the one I would go with. So I want to thank What about Will. the snakes? What about there the snakes go. and the rats? I like snakes. <laughs> I wanted to hear how Jeff Braum was going to ruin this for you, Brett. <laughs> I was anticipating that. The snakes, I don't mind snakes. The rats, that could be a little tricky. But uh, he, he comes out the winner in the end. So, yeah, I'd go with the Indiana Jones. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we are doing our best to balance the amount of time that we spend discussing the devastating aspects of COVID-19 with a little bit of fun to distract us from the health and economic situation we find ourselves in. We also love to celebrate those trying to make a difference for the frontline workers in the eye of the storm. We just heard the CJOB Give Back promo. There's a page on our website, cjob.com, called Give Back, Help Those in Need. And one of those organizations is who we're about to speak to, Loren. Yeah, and I don't think anyone finds themselves more immersed, Brett, in the trenches of fighting this pandemic than our hospital workers. And of course, the Health Sciences Centre is Manitoba's largest hospital. It employs thousands of people, and we know each of them are working hard every day to keep us healthy or help us get back to our normal health, Greg. Yeah, Jonathan Lyon is the president and CEO of the HSC Foundation. He's such a good friend of CJOB. Jonathan joins us now. Good morning, Mr. Lyon. Great to hear your voices yeah well we could say the same thing about you i think it goes without saying what we're dealing with right now is unprecedented i know the foundation its donors and supporters are stepping up in a huge way right now can you give us a an example or two john i certainly can thanks for the opportunity listen when uh, you know there's no question this is something unlike anything we've seen in our lifetime and um, we need to be there to support each other as Manitobans, and we will do that. And at the Health Sciences Centre, our uh, incredible uh, nurses, allied health professionals, and physicians are on the front line of this. And uh, we knew when, uh, when this hit that we needed to do some initiatives to support the front line so, uh, and patients at HSC. So we, we have launched a number of initiatives, and last night I was so thrilled to take part in our Feeding the Front Lines initiative. We know that, uh, again, those people who are working day in and day out for our benefit uh, need our support. So we thought, what, what a better way than to uh, help nourish those uh, kind, hardworking folks. So we partnered with Earl's Restaurant, and last night we delivered over 550 meals to frontline staff, leaving the shift at uh, 7 o'clock in the parking lot of the HSC 
uh, McDermott Avenue. And uh, I tell you, it was so well received. They were so thankful, so grateful. And we're just thrilled to be able to do this. And with the support of our incredible donors, we'll be able to do this many, many, many more times uh, going forward. And that's what we'd ask for Manitobans to once again step up and help us support our front lines with a donation to our foundation so we, in turn, can feed the front lines. It's an amazing initiative, Jonathan. Tell us a bit more about how that's going to work going forward to feed the front lines. Is it the same restaurant uh, week after week? Is it a daily meal? How is it going to work? So... uh, Fair questions. All the details to be worked out. We had to get this thing rolling last night. So I'll be honest, a bit of a crapshoot to even determine the number. We uh, came up with 550 to catch people coming off shift. We are going to carry this forward uh, this this Friday, and we've already made the determination because we're confident with word of mouth and those sorts of things and the incredible response we got that we are going to need more meals. So we are probably going to do 750 this Friday night uh, after 7 p.m. when we when we run this. And then we are going to carry on in the in the coming weeks. So, um, you know, you tell me how long the, the pandemic is going to run, and I'll tell you how long we're going to run it. But we're certainly going to run this, I would uh, suggest, for the next number of weeks. And, um, and we are going to ramp it up. So we did two nights this week. We'll probably do three or four next week, and then we'll see, just keep going and keep working on it. It's like a work in progress for all of us. It's something new. But we're so excited to be able to do this. It's such a wonderful thing. We had such a great response. We know it's the right thing to do. We just need some support from our donors and uh, the community to help uh, uh, fund this, and we'll carry on as long as we can. Is the idea to, to give the staff meals, is it just because they've got so much on their plate? You know, a lot of them work like 16-hour days. Is it just to kind of lighten the load a little bit so that they don't have to go home and worry about cooking? Exactly. I mean, you just nailed it. We had, you know, there was uh, on more than one occasion, there was uh, uh, there was someone coming off shift last night and they said, you have no idea how much this means to me. I've had such a long day and I'm so tired and hungry. And I think that just captured the spirit of it. Right. You know, no one. I mean, I know what it's like if you have a long day, you don't want to come home and uh, slave over a hot stove. So uh, uh, that's exactly what we're trying to do is just provide a little relief, a little support, make their life a little easier at that moment and uh, do it across a large number because HSC is such a vast number of staff who work there. And our thinking is that by running this program over a sustained period of time, that as people work different shifts, that they'll be able to uh, capture it. You know, that's the best time that we were told to uh, run this program. And uh, and we're going to continue to, but we'll look at the program and we'll figure it out and make sure that we're, we're hitting the mark uh, to the best way possible. Uh, Brett and Loren always think it comes back to Chi-Chi's for me, but really at the heart of it, it comes back to Earl's for me. I spent a big chunk of my adult life working for that corporation. So this uh, makes my heart glow, uh, Jonathan. Uh, You know, Milt Stiegel says it uh, this way, we all need HSC and HSC needs you. We've got about 30 seconds here. Can you encapsulate that important message for us? Well, I I think, again, uh, HSC is the backbone of the healthcare system in Manitoba. It's the largest hospital with over 800 beds, and when you know bad things happen to us, uh, they, people end up in HSC. I've been in HSC. I've had loved ones in HSC. They've got a, a total a dedicated unit for COVID patients, um, and there's a lot of work going on to support it. We're thankful right now that you know the numbers this week seem to be uh, fairly stable, but we know until there's a vaccine, this is we're going to live with this for a significant period of time. And those people at Manitoba's Hospital are going to rely on us to help carry through. 
And uh, that's what we're here to do. That's what we will do. And with Manitoban support, we'll do it very well. You can donate to the COVID-19 Crisis Response Fund with the Health Science Centre Foundation at 204-515-5612. That's 515-5612. Or if you go to the CJOB Give Back page at cjob.com, you'll find a link to where you can do it online. Jonathan Lyon, President and CEO of HSC Foundation. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks so much. One final thing. Danville and Jones provided $15 gift certificates for a bottle of wine, which also helped warm them up. Nice. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, nothing uh, like a bottle of wine to help you get through your evening. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Start. Just want to read two quick text messages before we get into this. This is on which movie character would you be and why, because we are giving away a $50 gift card for Skip the Dishes. We're asking you to text us which movie character you would be, and we'll pick a winner by 10 a.m. Daryl says, Indiana Jones, quote, it's not the age, it's the mileage. He says a lot of people going the extra mile these days and are feeling run down. Keep going all Dr. Jones did. Nice. And then Dave Dave says, Ted, the dope-smoking, beer-drinking, cussing teddy bear. <laughs> uh, plus, he's good-looking, loyal, and he's got a hot wife. Dave, it's hard to uh, disagree with that kind of wisdom. So keep those texts coming. 204-780-6868. We'll pick a winner by 10 o'clock. And go to our 680-CJOB Instagram or Twitter to see the pictures of Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb morphed into the dude, Indiana Jones and Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Still wondering, like, what is, what, gotta ask Will, like, why did you pick what? Maleficent? Yeah. yeah, what's behind, what are you trying to say, Will? Is there a subliminal message, not so subliminal message I'm to pick up on here? Thousands of public sector workers are waiting to hear if their jobs will be impacted by a government proposal, Greg, that could see non-essential government employees take a pay cut. Yeah, Premier Brian Pallister said yesterday he wants many of Manitoba's public sector workers to accept a reduced work week, as little as two days of work with EI supplementing the rest in order to help the province's bottom line. Uh, full uh, pay for part of the week, plus uh, the use of employment insurance benefits for the balance of the week. Uh, we're proposing this as a temporary measure, uh, far preferable in our minds to layoffs, and uh, a way in which we can help keep people at work for part of the time while making sure uh, that we support uh, those who need these resources on the front line of this pandemic challenge. It's important to point out that this idea only works if the federal government agrees to make some changes. Right now, this proposal uh, to use the EI system to balance out lost wages isn't permitted under the current employment insurance system for public employees. Unions have heard the pitch and now they will take it back to their members. But bottom line, the message is essentially that government has no choice, Loren. Yeah, and it might mean that you take a reduced work week if those changes come into effect or potentially just straight up layoffs. The proposal, according to the government, isn't going to impact frontline workers like those in healthcare. It's for non-essential workers, but who falls in that category? Well, that's not clear. Karen Levasseur is the associate pro professor at the Department of Political Studies at the University of Manitoba and joins us now. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Lauren. So after hearing about this yesterday, you took to Twitter to write, quote, folks, this is gaslighting from Premier Pallister to drive a wedge among public servants, whereby non-frontline workers accept reduced work for frontline workers. Can you expand upon that? What did you mean? 
Absolutely. Uh, when I heard Brian Pallister's announcement yesterday, it certainly had uh, some manipulation to it, uh, where you know somehow non-essential workers are going to accept being laid off as a sign of showing solidarity with frontline workers. And yet what he's really doing is driving an unnecessary wedge to divide public servants and somehow suggest that non-essential workers are expendable when the going gets tough. Uh, you know, in the end, the message was really, well, you're only getting laid off and you should be, you should be proud of that to show, because you're showing solidarity. And yet this is, besides being manipulative, it's, it's, it's a myth Good governance needs both frontline and non-frontline workers to work together towards good public policy and develop, developing timely responses as problems arise. Uh, you know, these these non-frontline workers are the folks who maintain the government's uh, IT systems. Uh, these are the folks who provide uh, important policy and financial analysis. Uh, these include workers who have expertise uh, in areas such as agriculture, uh, related to insects, plant diseases, biosecurity, farm management during droughts, and the list goes on. And the reality is that we can't expect to solve problems that are going to arise during this pandemic and when we exit the pandemic without both frontline and non-frontline workers. Is there not room to argue that so many people in the private sector have taken a hit that it makes sense for the public sector to find savings too? Well, uh, that's a good question. And certainly there uh, you know, could be opportunities for this government to look for savings. But what it's essentially being done is putting forward uh, this, arbit- making this arbitrary line between frontline and non-frontline without actually stopping and talking with senior bureaucrats and asking the questions where are the biggest pressure points? You know, where are the areas that, you know, we don't see a lot of problems arising right now? You know, could we find savings there? But instead, it's this arbitrary line between frontline and non-frontline. And I don't think that's going to solve the problem. Karen, a message also went out to nonprofit groups yesterday saying that dollars could be moved from their projects to the front lines. We know layoffs are happening in that sector as well. There's been a movement for a $10 billion federal aid package for nonprofit organizations. What's the long-term impact on organizations like that if those public funds are indeed shifted away from projects that might be years in, in the making? The concern could be significant. Uh, The one thing that a lot of Manitobans don't realize is that we have a very large nonprofit and uh, charitable sector in Manitoba. And that, you know, clearly says that we rely heavily on nonprofits and charities to provide important services uh, to our fellow citizens. And if they are going to have their funding reduced, it isn't clear where those funding cuts are going to come uh, and are the most vulnerable going to be protected moving forward. I have real concerns about the role of nonprofits and charities being able to uh, make it through this pandemic because we know that there's a decline in volunteers, potential decline in donations, and now this is kind of the triple whammy of a potential loss of government funding for what are 
really important essential services. Karen Levesseur, Associate Professor, Department of Political Studies at the University of Manitoba, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Karen, thank you very much for this. Much appreciated. Thank you. Have a good day. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Text message at 204-780-6868 from Jason on the subject of which movie character would you be and why, Jason says. I've actually been mistaken numerous times in real life for Ed Norton. So my character, I am Jack's Canadian doppelganger. Haven't been in a fight since grade 10. Have way too much Ikea (laughs) stuff in my residence and I can't sleep either. So Ed Norton's character in Fight Club. That's a good one, Jason. And keep those texts coming. We're going to pick a winner for our Skip the Dishes gift card, our $50 gift card, by 10 a.m. And why don't we ask our pal... Hal Anderson. It's Wednesday, 8.37. It's our weekly visit with Hal. Uh, Hal kind of just putting you on the spot here, but it, is there any movie character that comes to mind you would like to be? <laughs> As you were saying that, I had uh, a memory of, uh, I remember back when I had my limo. It was actually a funeral car, but we called it a limo, <laughs> right? And me and my buddies would drive around. And anyhow, and I remember getting out of my limo at one of the downtown bars and somebody pointed and said, "Look, it's Ron Jeremy, who of course is a <laughs> who of course is a porn star." Um, so I thought that was kind of, and he's a movie character, right? So yes, Ron Jeremy, the porn star. There you go. That's right. You used to have the mustache and uh... oh, and the the big. Uh, permed and dyed mullet and oh yes you paused a little bit too long on big there (laughs) (laughs) of course now of course i would only be mistaken for ron jeremy with my clothes on though that's the key right (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) oh that is gold hell what you got for us today al can you tell it's day 29 from my home studio? Can you tell? <laughs> We're in the middle of a pandemic, people. Um, okay, listen, uh, a few things that I thought was uh, sort of interesting here uh, this morning. Um, what is, and I'll ask you guys a question now. Uh, no pressure, just holler if you've got something, because I'm going to ask this on my show this afternoon. Weirdest quarantine purchase. And I'll tell you mine while you think about your weirdest quarantine purchase. And I haven't had smoked oysters out of a can with crackers since I was a kid, but it was sort of a Christmas tradition in my house. My my dad and my sister liked them more than I did, but we always had a can of smoked oysters and crackers at Christmas. And the next thing, I'm, I'm out the other day getting some necessities, you know, smoked oysters in a can, not necessarily a necessity, but I find myself picking up a can of these damn things, and I think it goes to the, the whole comfort thing, right? We're looking for security through this and i guess for me for a split second as i threw it in the the cart it came in the form of a can of smoked oysters which reminded me of christmas with my family so i don't know if you guys have anything weird quarantine purchases McNabb, you got anything i bought ankle weights a couple weeks ago my mom used to always walk around the house or the farm just to get some exercise with a pedometer and she you know back in the 80s i think wrist weights and ankle weights were so i i I put online purchase for some ankle weights from a local winnipeg company and um i haven't used them once and it's provided me no comfort so it's not even as good as the tin of oysters can you wear those over top or underneath your leg warmers McNabb? oh like they say that i've put them on Ask me if I've walked around with them. I put them on, and my first thought was, these are heavy. 
And then yeah. that's where well, that they're weights. They are weights. <laughs> yep. They're supposed right to be the, heavy, Right in the words, yes. right in the title. Right. There, yeah, no, it's yeah. called ankle weight. I get it. Yeah, but no comfort. Greg, any for you? Uh, probably the strangest thing is we have, I think, 60 uh, cans of the microwavable uh, beefaroni and ravioli, <laughs> the Chef Boyardee. <laughs> and uh, so I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking because, uh, I, you know, I can't cook that on the campfire, you know, if you have yeah. to if you have to get out of Dodge. So you need a microwave for those ones. So I don't know what I was thinking on that front. But anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. I I didn't make a weird purchase, I, but I guess mine was a, an impulse buy. Like I was, I needed peanut butter, so I was racing through Safeway and I found the peanut butter aisle, and there was someone right behind me, so I didn't want. I just grabbed what I needed, but right beside the extra creamy craft, which I usually buy, was a new one. It was uh, extra roasted. So I grabbed my, the, the one that I usually get, and I grabbed the extra roasted without even giving it a second thought. I just thought, ooh, this is new. I'll try it. Turns out it's not that bad. And I guess yesterday at the, the Shell gas station, uh, when I was buying my lottery ticket, I grabbed a bag of Old Dutch uh, creamy guacamole chips, which I'd never mm. heard of. I'd uh, never Yum. seen it. It comes in a green bag of the under the Ariba brand, and uh, they're quite delicious. So highly recommended mm. on that. Well, and this goes to my next story. Um, it's kind of like this is the way it was described in the story I read. It's like it's Super Bowl Sunday every day because all we're doing is eating snacks. We're just munching all the time. In fact, they've done a survey. Forty percent of people, forty percent of people, say that they have been eating more snack foods since the pandemic began 26 percent admit they're finding comfort in chocolate for example and the reason is of course and there's no surprise here we're under enormous stress and we are sheltering in place so we have to find ways to relieve the stress and for many of us it is by snacking and you know my comfort food greg brought up um the beefaroni you talked about potato chips i know how much you love potato chips brett so uh and and i'll be honest with you i said to jack yesterday i said i've got to get out and take a walk every day with hershey because i've noticed that i put a few pounds on so we got to be careful with this uh but that's what we're doing and then i know my time's limited here but i got to tell you these you know how much i love new terms right like when they come up with a name for something i've got a couple of good ones for you if you're up late at night online reading about the pandemic reading about COVID-19 that is now called doom scrolling doom scrolling <laughs> yeah and it's it's just one of many words that have come from this pandemic for you know covid it we've talked about that one before <laughs> rona the rona you know what the rona is it's the coronavirus nope. The oh, coronavirus of call it the rona okay and uh there's one other one here oh Zoom bombing. That's when you're on Zoom. Zoom bombing. That's when you're on Zoom, and uh, it's the act of trolls infiltrating video calls to spam with disruptive and hateful messages. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it is, and it's called Doom. Uh, sorry, Zoom bombing. And then one other quick term here: uh, you combine Zoom and getting dumped. That is a new term. It's zumped. So if <laughs> no, somebody, no. <laughs> so if some if somebody dumps you on Zoom, which is you know, I mean, you can't do it face to face right now. If you get dumped on Zoom, it's called zumped. You've been Ugh. zumped. There's a lot of setup to that. You got to invite them to the call. Everybody gets on, and then you and yep. then you you waste all that time to be like. So anyway. 
Yeah. It's not you, it's me, but it's right. really you. But if you want to be your really, microphone's uh, not working. What? I can't yeah. hear you. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you wanted to be really vindictive, you could invite all of her friends, all of your friends, everybody's friends onto Zoom, and then boom, you've been zumped. Oh, and then wow, that would be yeah. quite uh, devious. Yeah, that's of course not me at all. I don't know why I even thought of that, but uh, <laughs> anyway. you, you read you, it somewhere. Yes, right. A friend we're, told me about it. And we're all, I think, probably experiencing some weird, dark thoughts right now, Hal. Yeah, so. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Day 29 from the home studio. Thank you, Triple M. Thank you, Hal Anderson. Hal Anderson Afternoons, 1 until 4 on 680 CJOB. He joins us every mo- Wednesday morning at 837. We got a text the other day from a listener who said, hey, have you talked to your friend Lara lately? She's been doing great things in the community over the last few weeks, and Greg will take any excuse to speak to our friend Lara. I couldn't agree with you more, Brett. We used to talk to Lara Ray primarily about comedy, but a couple of months back we told you about an initiative she launched called Pantry, and we wanted to check in and see how it's going. Good morning, Lara. It's beautiful whatever day it is, whatever month it is. <laughs> It's so confusing, eh? I, I oh believe it's goodness. Wednesday, and I believe it's April. So let's go Thank with you. that for I was so the time being. I disappointed to hear on the news about the folk festival, although it's the right decision. Yeah, you know, we're going to be hearing, as uh, Linz Gromita said, we're unfortunately going to probably be hearing about more events like this that are that are uh, not going to be able to to proceed this summer. To tell our listeners, absolutely. Uh, I used to yeah. I used to be a folk singer. Did you know that? Oh. Tell us. But folks, but folks didn't like my singing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? We should have known better than to write any questions down. Really, what we should do is just open up the open up the phone line and just let That's you right. chat away. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna start with this, okay? Yes. So you, our listeners love when you come on the air. That's first and foremost. But as Brett mentioned, we got a text message. Uh, Tipping us off to the fact that you're you've stepped things up a tiny little bit with the patch. Oh, so you, you did doing? get my you did get my text message. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we recognized. What's that amazing, beautiful woman doing? Anonymous caller. Now put your modesty ahead, aside. Sorry. What are you up to? So I am standing right now uh, near the corner of uh, Furby and uh, Broadway in uh, beautiful West Broadway. Uh, where I am at the West Broadway Community Ministry, where in about two hours from now, we will be handing out about 110 to 120 lunches, as well as emergency hampers for people in our neighborhood with food uh, insecurity. And this is a gig that I took on uh, just after the lockdown, because it became, and with the uh, reduced kind of uh, Bear Clan uh, patrols, where I was handing out a lot of food, that I was making with my organization, this seemed a nice kind of confluence of of good ideas. And so I'm uh, one of the team here that uh, distributes the lunches uh, out of the Crossways uh, Community Center. And uh, what I'm very happy to report, because we're always interested in good news, you know, during this terrible time, is that two major uh, local restaurants have been providing the meals uh, every single day that we're open. And uh, so we're serving up things like gourmet pizza, and quiche, as well as pantry, and some of the other donors to this organization are supplementing these lunches with fresh fruit and juice 
and so on. So one of the silver linings of this is that even though the uh, there is reduced hours at the um, food banks and uh, some of the sit-down meals that are often available at various social service uh, agencies and missions across the city have been cancelled, uh, there's some nice stop gaps and, and in some ways, you know, we're able to hand out food that's, you know, quite quite delicious and sustaining because I don't think people are getting their three squares right now. Well, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that, Lara, because one of the next questions we're going to ask, and by the way, you didn't text me, so you can text me anytime and I will respond. Oh, thank you. Thank there you, you go. So much. That's You're just a settled. <laughs> That's You're all nice I was going for. Uh, we were just about to ask, you know, Manitobans are so well known for their generosity. And now you're talking about these restaurants stepping up. And we were curious if enough people were coming forward to help out in this time of well, need. I mean, I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, finally, a useful question. But, <laughs> but uh, the answer is, the answer is, uh, yes, people are stepping up. And then the answer is with the increased need, uh, we can always use more. And the organization I'm working for right now is One Just City. And One Just City is not only involved in the food program here, but they're involved in several uh, initiatives across the city, including another place that I'm working, which is called Just a Warm Sleep, which is in the Augustine uh, Church. And that provides kind of overnight shelter for people as well, because the shelters are getting quite full. And then one of the other good news, and people have certainly been concerned and asking about this, is that uh, we have since in in, um, the, in the social services community in conjunction with the Winnipeg Regional Health Authority, there is a space now for people to, to properly isolate and so on. That is uh, a repurposed manageable housing facility. And so it, I think like many jurisdictions, we were probably a little bit late out of the gate. But as time passes and stuff, I see more and more of these initiatives taking place to keep every one of our community members uh, safe even when they have uh, shelter insecurity. So these these are all very nice silver linings. But certainly if you go to our website, onejustcity.ca, um, you can make uh, uh, both cash um, donations to the, and, and check or, uh, and e-transfer donations to this wonderful organization. And also my organization, Pantry, is still collecting donations as well. And you can reach me through Pantry at gmail.com. Lara, as we mentioned, we've spoken with you in the past mostly about comedy. Are you finding it more difficult these days to find things to laugh about? Well, I mean, there is, you know, I mean, comedy is all about extremes, right? You know, and so when things, you know, when things are kind of just humming along, it's hard to find. So on one side, you have the extremes of uh, people like Donald Trump, you know, that are really the negative extremes. And then on the positive side, there's just so many interesting uh, dynamics and stuff that are going on and so i'm collecting a number of uh funny stories and i mean like any comedy i think the the watchword and the rule really is you can comment comedically on absolutely anything as long as you're punching up rather than punching down and as long as the intent and the tone of your uh, comedy is you know is 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 healthy because i think one of the things that is really a danger in this time is the virus of kind of cynicism. And I think that one of the things that we need to do is we need to be realistic, but we also need to be hopeful, and we also need to encourage and inspire other people. Instead of wondering why things might not work, we should just try, you know, what we can in terms of helping our neighbors and our community, you know, while following the advice, obviously, of our, of our experts and leaders, especially when it comes to healthcare. 
Larry, your organizational skills, your ambition obviously served you very well as you founded and, and grew the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. And I can just see and sense that same passion taking over your life as you work with, folks with food insecurity. There's you some know, transferable you know Dean, skills. You know Dean Jenkinson, right? Sure, of course. Comedian. So, so Dean Jenkinson takes over for me after 19 years, right? And it's not yes. a hard job, trust me, because I did it. And what happens the first year he takes over? There's no festival. Poor, poor guy. I know. Come on. Come on. You know, seriously. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I guess he had a good reason. <laughs> I'm just teasing. For anyone that loves comedy, uh, I am happy to report, you know, and this may change as everything changes every single day. But as it stands right now, the Winnipeg comedy has been rescheduled for the end of August. So I'm looking very much forward to having a good laugh at the end of uh, at the end of the summer, if indeed you know we're able to get there. But if not, we'll kick it a little bit further down the um, down the field. I'm sure. Lara, when you're serving these meals and talking to people, I'm curious how often, and I bet the answer is more often than not, they're coming for your smile and your jokes as opposed to just the food. Because I think everybody oh, needs absolutely. The, yeah. yeah, we all need that I'm, right now. And this has been terribly difficult, both at the shelter here at the West Broadway Community community ministry because the way that we're doing it right now following health protocols is basically nobody's allowed into our facility and we kind of have this long table and almost like a good old-fashioned kind of bar counter we're kind of sliding the lunches along the table and people are retrieving them but then we're trying to send little messages and we put a letter linda trono here my boss uh, puts a letter in there every day with encouragement and information and stuff and we, we're plastering the windows with things like love your neighbor from a distance because you're absolutely right part of the part of the mandate of these organizations of course is to is to share not just the warmth of food and shelter but the warmth of human contact for people that do kind of suffer sometimes with loneliness and isolation and so on. And this has been a challenging part. And, you know, in some cases it's quite heartbreaking, you know, because sometimes we deal with people with developmental uh, disabilities and sometimes they can't quite comprehend what's going on. And the main thing that you really have to focus on is, is to make people understand that you're not personally rejecting them, you know, because this is terribly, terribly difficult. And so even though our rules and our hours and everything have changed, to just approach everything with, with as much patience and, and humanity as possible so that when this is all over, people feel comfortable coming back is good. At the same time, you know, it can be challenging because, you know, you're seeing uh, people who are perhaps not following the protocols. And, you know, you want to keep them safe. And like a parent, you're like, Duh, you know, uh, your, your first instinct is to kind of, you know, tough love it. But, you know, gentleness and patience is really the watchword around here um, as, we, as we go through this uh, changing protein, um, uh, you know, issue that, you know, is, is just overwhelming and just seemed to come upon us, didn't it? Even though we had a heads up, it just one day, our whole world had changed. Larry, you gave an email address for people if they want to reach out to you and make a donation. What was that email address once again? Yeah, my. Uh, so you can contact if you want to kind of reach out to me personally or to, uh, or make a donation to Pantry, which then I kind of, you know, bring over to to the West Broadway Community Ministry. It's Lara's Pantry, L A R S P A N T R Y, at gmail dot com. And then the organization that's doing all this incredibly good work, visit their website at onejustcity.ca. And that's J-U-S-T for just.
Lara Ray, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure and privilege to speak to you. And I'm so proud of Winnipeg, and I'm so proud that we're, we're flattening the curve, and I think people are doing a remarkable job, and I'm proud of every single one of your listeners for what they're doing. All right, Lara, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, and thanks for everything that you are doing in the community. As promised, we have to give away a $50 gift card for Skip the Dishes, and we have been getting just inundated all morning with text messages at 204-780-6868. Which movie character would you be and why? The reason why we're talking about this this morning is because our friend Will Penner from Mathopoly decided to take our faces and slap them onto the faces of the dude from The Big Lebowski, Indiana Jones, and Maleficent, the mistress of evil. So Mackling's the dude, I'm Indiana Jones, McNabb is Maleficent, you can see that picture on our 680CJOB Instagram, as well as on Twitter at 680CJOB. But the winning text comes from Jody, who says the movie character I would be, Danny DeVito's character, Owen Lift, from Throw Mama from the Train, because my mom is staying with me in my condo. <laughs> totally joking. Love her to bits. She would probably get to me first anyway. And we... <laughs> We loved it because, A, it's funny, but, B, I think it's representative of what a lot of people are probably feeling right now. If you're cooped up with the same people all day long, you're going to go a little crazy, even if you love them. Like You Mac might be shouting, you might be shouting, throw me from the train. <laughs> Just get me out of here. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.